Well, 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 if it isn't Miss Winchester herself. Come for another surprise visit, Cheryl? Thank you for taking care of the River Vixens whilst I was self-isolating, but, as Elton John likes to say, the bitch is back in town, and this squad is my birthright. Wrong. The River Vixens are mine now, hun. I restarted them, I'm financing them, and we've been doing all the work. So, what are you going to do about that? What every vixen throughout history has done to settle a dispute? Challenge you to a dance-off. I'm pregnant. Previously on Milkshakes and Mimosas, Jason got heated about the ROTC, and special guests Adam and Ryan helped Valeska with the line readings. One and two and three and four. There's murder and intrigue. But the kids of Riverdale are gonna be just fine, just fine, just, just fine. There's Jughead and Betty. And Dad's a serial killer serving some jail time, jail time, jail, jail time. We got milkshakes at Pops and mimosas at Veronica's. Yeah, the kids of Riverdale are gonna solve some crime, some crime, some, some crime. Cause the kids of Riverdale are gonna still be fine. Maybe damage, damn, damn, damn. Sit right down, you're gonna have a real good time with Team Cheryl. Who's Archie? Hello and welcome to Milkshakes and Mimosas, the Riverdale comedy podcast that is honestly just thrilled that Mothman are finally cool again. I'm Valeska, once again taking over the main hosting duties because Andrew is storming Area 51. But I'm not here alone. As always, Jason will be taking this ridiculous journey with me. Hi, Jason. Hi. Can't wait to um, find some Mothmen, you know, turn a light on, watch them flutter around it, you know. I know you love a cryptid. I love a cryptid. I'm a huge fan of the cryptids. We also have two guest hosts helping us decode the mysteries of Riverdale this week. Our resident comic expert, Alex, is joining us again. Hi, Alex. Hello, hello. Yes, I'm uh, I'm finally glad to see more about Mothman. But I am wondering, is this show going to make Richard Gere cool again? Can anyone make Richard Gere cool again? I don't know. I feel like the gerbil was like a death now. <laughs> I think so. Listen, <laughs> the gerbil is not real, all right? This is, you know, slander, all right? Gerbil apologist Jason chiming in. That's right. <laughs> and you may remember her from our season four overview episode, Barchi Shipper and the ultimate creative herself, Emily Milling, is here. Hi, Emily. Howdy. Welcome back. How do you feel? I feel great. I've been hanging out with the Mothmen. I'm on leave currently. They allowed me to come down and do this. So they say you're welcome. Well, thank you, Mothmen out there. (laughs) Uh, Emily, along with Adam Norton, jumped in to help me with the line readings this week. So hope you'll enjoy that. Let's get into it. So when we last left off, Archie and Jughead were dealing with a little bit of a fire situation, if you recall. But don't worry, they've managed to put out the fire using some fire extinguishers, and we are reminded that the former town still has no firefighters. We see Archie looking at an old picture of his grandfather, who was apparently a firefighter, and I think we all know where this is going. Are the gang just going to take over every occupation in Riverdale en masse, one after the other? Who knows? This is Riverdale. 
Archie says, and this is maybe some of the best writing we've seen on Riverdale yet, the best counterattack is not to fight fire with fire, but to fight fire with a fire department. <laughs> God, he's so wise. I fucking love that guy. Yeah. Right? Honestly. Honestly. But we have to cut away from that and go to an autopsy where Betty, Alice, and Kevin are chatting with Dr. Curdle Jr., our favorite, about the corpse that they found in the Swedlow Swamp, which has been dead for three years. Three years? Died from blood force trauma to the head. So now we have to figure out whose body this is, which we're going to figure that out pretty shortly. But I just want to point out that everyone is eerily calm in this scene where they just found a body that they think that they were related to. But nobody's crying. Nobody's upset. Very strange. There's something wrong with the Coopers, I think. Well, well it, when I is mean, there never the something killers. wrong with them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're very messed up people. Bad jeans. Honestly. Bad jeans. So, who do we think actually set the fire at Archie's place? Everyone's best guesses. Cheryl. <laughs> she does have a history of arson. I will give you that. Alex, what do you think? Um, I gotta say, I gotta think it's uh, it's Alice because she's furious that uh, Archie's fucking her daughter now. <laughs> I mean, that's a good guess. But she's Jason, right next door. I mean, Reggie? yeah, she probably hears it. Reggie? I mean, it seems like something, you know, that sounds like a Reggie move considering he's working with Hiram, right? Yeah, well, Veronica actually accuses Hiram of this, but he denies it. So I, we probably believe him, right? He is the most, like, true man of this entire show. A true hero, a mensch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hiram tells her that Riverdale is dead. The high school is a joke, and the whole town smells like a corpse because they don't have garbage pickup anymore. So Veronica tells him, this just became personal. Am I, like, I'm like, at which point, though? At the high school thing? At, at the, the garbage thing? Definitely the garbage, so. yeah. That's her line. This feels She's like, like, you can insult my high school all you want, but you talk about corpse smells, and it is on. This... She's like, you knew when I was a kid, I played SimCity all the time, and this is my dream, and now you're just making me feel bad about it? How dare you? Garbage pickup is so important in SimCity. Do not let it pile up. Not as important as transit. Oh, they do get mad about that. They get so mad about it. God. <laughs> this feels like the episode of The Simpsons where, like, Marge leaves and just, like, Homer runs the house and destroys it, but it's all of Riverdale. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. It's just, like, yeah. garbage yes. pile up in the house until it fucking blows out the door. This is insane. The but, teenagers left to go to college, and the adults let the town, like, completely fall apart. This is what Children of the Corn would actually be like. <laughs> the oh, my goodness. Down. Imagine the crossover. <laughs> uh, these adults are not capable people, though. We've, we've already oh. learned that. They, they almost remind me of the adults from uh, from It, where it's like, man, are the kids the only ones doing anything in this fucking town? Like... <laughs> At least in it, you know, the the Pennywise is is negatively affecting everyone's brains. Like, unless the Mothman... Oh, is Mothman Pennywise? Oh, did I just figure it out? Oh, my oh God. God. I hope so. Also, D let's try to figure out oh. every other Stephen King book that we can relate to this show. <laughs> okay. So in the meantime, Archie finds an ex-firefighter and tries to woo him over uh, lunch at Pops. And we learn that Hiram has firebombed the firehouse, got away with it. 
totally fine. I mean, there's only one sheriff in town and no deputies. So sure, whatever, we'll go with that. Archie says they're going to open a fire station and run it out of the gym. And I feel like maybe there are logistical issues with that. I mean, in terms of like water. Yeah, well, I mean, is the water still running? This is another important element of SimCity is making sure that everybody has water. And so like if the garbage collection isn't happening, is there water? Is there sewage treatment? I have a lot of questions about the infrastructure of Riverdale at this time. How much did Hiram actually screw it into the ground? Plus, I feel like I've read that firefighters add a certain chemical to water to make it more like wet, for lack of a better word. <laughs> so it breaks the surface tension so that it's like easier to like spread onto like flames. I don't I know if that's true. I saw I saw a video of it the other day. It was on Reddit where it was like, here's the the special water they use for like backdrafts and stuff. So See, Emily? It okay. is it is a thing. It is a All thing. Right. It's specially treated. They make it more wet. Would Reddit lie to me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're fucking with some wet ass water. So I also want to ask something about Archie's career choices, though, because I did notice that, like, he seems to get all of his career inspiration from looking at old photos. What's oh that God, about? Right. What, that's not a good career? That's the not dead a good... soldiers? Yeah. But he hasn't seen any dead firemen yet. Did I feel like that would be too alarming. That's how it became a chimney sweep. <laughs> nice. Did we see a picture of him looking at someone fighting an invisible bear, though? Hmm. Did he also, dream it? Did he look at pictures of convicts who box in prison? Stop poking holes in my theories. <laughs> God, I thought so, I had something really good here, okay? After watching no, like I mean, four episodes in a row. I loved it, but it just needs a little bit of workshopping, is all no, I need. I mean, he probably just watched like Cool Hand Luke and was like, I can box in prison. You know? Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> So we cut to a vixen's practice and the girls are practicing in the gym in slow motion, as you do, when Cheryl bursts through the doors, also in slow motion. And that leads us to the Riverdale Masterpiece Theatre that opened this episode. And I just got to say, why are we not settling more disputes with dance-offs in real life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a, a much better method than, you know, in the United States, sending the police to just destroy people, you know what I mean? Or just shooting people yeah. in the mm. States, you know? I mean, I'd rather see a nice little soft shoe number or something, or... <laughs> tap -a tap tap -a. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a little, it's a little gentler if than uh, just shooting someone in the face. If only Alaska <laughs> ruled the world, this would be a much better place, you know? Everyone would be, uh, you know, it'd be living in West Side Story, and it'd be fucking fantastic. It would Electric be whimsical Boogaloo too. <laughs> <laughs> so we see the dance-off because uh, another student decides to be a proxy for the very, very pregnant Tony, and it's a tie, so Shoni are going to share control of the squad, which I can't see anything going wrong with that. Mm. That's going to be perfect, obviously. They should, they should do a song, like, a, like you know, their musical numbers. They should do, like, My Sharoni, because they're, like, singing about <laughs> sharing their... <laughs> Oh my god. Stupidest joke I'll make all right night. <laughs> they they say weird things on that show, okay? It's not that far fetched. Yeah. No, I, that's what I'm saying. That's perfect, actually. <laughs> I feel like you've really tapped into what makes this show work. I tap a tap tap my heart into everything. There we go. We brought it all back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so we cut to the teacher's lounge. 
Uh, Veronica and Archie are discussing Hiram denying his involvement in the arson, and Veronica is going to bring in a ringer for Archie's new fire station, which I guess is a bit character from Katie Keene, I guess. I've never seen the show. Andrew might it's know, but Andrew's not here. Katie Keene's roommate's uh, boyfriend's boyfriend brothers something yeah it's like, it's, it's essentially it's like darth, darth helmet like yeah. from Spaceballs. <laughs> like it is that far removed but he's a new york firefighter the most respected of all firefighters so mm. you know even even up in canada i know yeah. you know the and uh the fdny you don't you don't fuck with them it's true true uh, Veronica also has an idea of how to revive Riverdale's dying, dying economy, which we will learn later. But I would like to make Jason guess as to what her idea may be. How she's going to, like, fix this town. What's she going to do? Oh, that's really interesting. Um, start a brothel. She, uh, I mean, we already had that one. Done. Yeah. Done. yeah. Done. True, true. I wouldn't know. I've never seen the show, you know. So come and see. Well, Penelope was running that brothel in season three, I want to say. Mm. I mean, yeah, because Riverdale will never recycle ideas, all right? Get off my <laughs> <head>. <laughs> um. <laughs> so in the meantime, she's bribing her students to renovate Blue Velvet Video in exchange for not having to do midterm exams, which seems like a terrible abuse of power and not good for the education of her students. But what do I know? I'm not a teacher. Oh, wait, neither is Veronica. The U.S. Government, oh. government needs to step in and shut Riverdale down at this point. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's already shut down. It's not a town anymore. So this is like a wild no man's land. This yes. is like no rules, no yeah. laws, no teachers, yes. no fire station, yeah. no garbage pickup, no, no water, no garbage pickup. It smells like no corpses. sewage collection, sewage collection. Hmm. Wow, Emily. Now this is personal. <laughs> Children dying of starvation in the street. It's fucking crazy. Oh, we forgot. There's like the rabid dogs like wandering around. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't remember if they were rabid. That may be me editorializing, but there are like packs of wild dogs roaming the streets and sketch alley. Yeah. Fuck this is a fact. I can't wait till Archie looks at a picture of a guy holding a rifle and just goes out into the street and starts shooting dogs. <laughs> Ooh, there are some rifles coming up in this episode, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. But first, we're going to go to Pops where Tabitha and Jughead are discussing the Mothman articles that Jughead found at the library, and they found a specific article that says that a specific person that we all know and love was a witness to some strange lights in the sky. Jason, who was the witness? Ooh. This was 50 years ago. Oh, this well, narrows down your... <laughs> yeah, Pops, right? Because Pops is yeah. around that one. Yeah, that makes sense. Pops was a witness. Mm. Do you remember Eric Jackson? We last saw him in a hospital being very snarky with Archie, I, I who panicked. saved his life. I panicked for a second. I was like, is that somebody I know in my real life that you know? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. who's, who is that? No, it's the guy that Archie saved, the one that we met at the hospital in the first episode of the season. He shows up on Archie's porch carrying that aforementioned Chekhov's rifle. Mm. He's going to go out for jinx with Archie. Very short scene. Not much happens, but he's a, a new character, apparently. And we're back to the morgue, where Betty thinks that she's... <laughs> back to the morgue? Back to the morgue. Betty thinks she's tracked down the identity of the dead woman. Um, there was a woman who was named Margaret Harper who went missing around the same time that the death apparently occurred. But Dr. Colonel Jr. shoots her down because the corpse did not have braces, and Margaret Harper did. So now we know there are at least three missing women. And Betty gets that, like, serial killer hunter look on her face, so we know mm. that something's going down. She's got a tight ponytail, that one. 
<laughs> Only getting tighter as the episode. Like all I have on. to add. They don't let you in the FBI unless you have a really tight ponytail. I'm just I like, feel like this is a really great scalp. euphemism, but I'm not sure for what, and I don't think I want to know. I like the mystery, so we're just going to leave it at that. Uh, now we're going to go to the White Worm. Alex, do you want to explain what happened at the White Worm when Archie brings Eric there to get drinks with all the male cast members? Um, so they're all sitting around uh, and, you know, being men. And uh, Archie sort of like pounding their chests. Yeah, Archie sort of. Well, they they make Being it very shitty, clear that, that like, that oh, these are the these are the 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 manly guys. It's it's you know it's Kevin. It's it's Kevin and the uh, the rest of the uh, the serpents. And Archie sort of mentions that like, oh, you know, like we should really just start up the the you know the fire department on our own. And I'm just going to need some volunteers. Are any of you guys in? And even though, you know, like these guys always sign on for everything, Kevin and the rest of them are like, yeah, pass. And then like, Eric... none of us know a damn thing about firefighting. So, yeah, like, <laughs> like legitimately as they should, they all pass. And Eric um, sort of is like, oh, civilians. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, how yeah. dare these non brainwashed simps not want to join you <laughs> running into burning buildings? Like, Sorry. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. Weird. Archie's like, I'm looking for a few good men, and Kevin's like, story of my life, baby. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, spoiler alert, you're in Riverdale. There are no good men. Ooh, good one. FBI office. Betty is talking talking to Margaret Harper. Yeah. Betty is talking to Margaret Harper's mom, who says that she fell into the wrong crowd and started going out with the truckers. Um Apparently, Tony was working as a social worker at the time, and she was a godsend, so that's cool. We love Tony. Betty looks She's very nice. suspicious of that, which is weird, but Betty has some problems, as I think we've covered. <laughs> it's a tight ponytail. The tighter it gets, the more suspicious she is of everything around her. Yeah, maybe I mean, it's just, she's not even looking suspicious, just, like, the skin, like, being pulled back on her face kind of, like, gives her that squinty look. <laughs> yeah. She just, she doesn't trust anyone, and I mean, I guess when your dad is a murderer like i guess it's kind of hard to trust people anymore true uh, and i mean she was like kind of assaulted by the trash bag killer yeah mm. so i mean I she, she is damaged yeah. she's she's definitely you know i hate okay. saying that but she's she's got issues do you think the trash bag killer is like is hiram and he's gonna come back and be like i got all your trash you can't have it and i'm killing it <laughs> you think oh yeah it's more like, like i connection between the trash bag killer and the fact that there's no garbage pickup yeah, yeah no i feel like they're then, drawing like a strong thick bold line between the two right pretty- and then okay so then there's gonna be um the sewage bag killer also no no no, the sewage bucket killer okay the sewage bucket killer that sounds way more plausible and it's just like a bucket <laughs> of sewage on a guy's head and he just runs around flailing with a bucket on his head like punching people and, and he smells real bad so this Archie. Is so it's just That's Archie. Betty's new new hunter hunt guy. <laughs> hunt guy. <laughs> and we have to figure out how this killer is the, all the killers are related to Betty, right? So yeah, it's just going this is Betty is has become um uh Sydney from from the Scream movies where it's like god damn like how many people are you re- how many people did your family fuck over where it's like 
oh, when it's not your your ex boy or your boyfriend, it's your boyfriend's mom or your secret brother. Spoilers for Scream One, Two, and Three, but <laughs> you know she's we just she's got a real secretly. shitty family. That's what it is. Secretly, their last name is Garbage. She finds that out in like the last <laughs> installment. It's Betty, Betty Garbage. Pooch. It all makes sense. Betty Pooper. <laughs> oh, poop jokes. Oh, love it. <laughs> Okay, teacher's lounge. Veronica walks in and talks to Cheryl, who is there for no reason, and asks her about her art skills, and she wants Cheryl to design something for her, but we don't know what it is yet, but we will in two scenes. But first, and then where did she get that metal plate, though? Yeah. like She just has a metal plate. Like a professional <laughs> printing press plate, like when they design, well, you know, I don't want to show my hand, but when they design new bills or anything that needs to be mass printed, uh, you know, like I, I, as good as Cheryl's skills are, like engraving a plate backwards for yeah. print for the purposes of printing, like I don't think that's something where even a uh, somebody who's a great forgery artist that we know Cheryl is, she's never been like, oh, my medium is is you know, uh, currency printing presses. Like <laughs> it is absurd that that Veronica's like, oh hey, I hear you're an artist. Can you? Can you carve this metal for me? This and metal Cheryl's that like, a rabid oh, dog oh. brought out for me? Yeah. I feel like and with the like, timeline, this happens in like 90 minutes, right? Yes. Yeah. It is absurd. Yeah. It is, it is like over lunch how break. fast it happens. <laughs> Please carve this into a money. Into a money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then we cut to Archie's classroom where Jackson is talking to the kids about going to sniper school. And I wonder if that's going to come in handy later on. But... Mm. They ask what Archie was like in the army, and he shows them his prosthetic leg and tells them that Archie saved his life. And then he tells the students about the fire department, and the 15, 16, and 17-year-old children want to volunteer. Yep. So Archie tells him that their parents need to sign forms. Mm -hmm. And he's totally fine with having the children join his <laughs> fake fire department. So that's cool. So ridiculous. He's like well, when he, was, when he was 15, uh, wasn't he... Or when he was younger, he was... Uh, what, what was, was the organization? He's yeah, in, like, the, the black. Circle. Yeah, the red he's circle. Like, That's it. Yeah. He's like a Dickensian villain. He's like <laughs> gathering children up. What, what the fuck is this shit? Come on, he's children. Like, wow, even my own the poor house. <laughs> what? It's like, wow, even my own friends wouldn't do it, but my my children that I'm teaching are gonna do it. So <laughs> impressionable youth. Yeah. Who 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 would be afraid to say no to me? How many of these my children? Underlings? How many of these children are gonna burn horrifically in a fire? Because well, there's seven guy. in the class, I think, so I'm going to say seven. Seven of them are going to burn horribly in a fire. <laughs> oh, my God. That's just math. I'm is sorry. Why, is that why this episode is called Fire in the Sky? Because these children are fucking... Oh, nice one. Ugh. Now we're going to go to Veronica's class, and we're going to find out her plan to save the town. First, she kind of leads up into it by telling her class about North Bend, the Oregon town that developed its own currency. She is inventing her own currency for Riverdale. The art that she wanted from Cheryl was the design for the bills, which is her face. <laughs> she's <laughs> going to call them river dollars. And she's going to pay her students river dollars to renovate her uncut gem shop. Yep. She and sold a Glamberger egg for $50,000 as collateral for the river dollar currency, which has her face on it. I mean, yes. that's pretty fucking badass. Well, it's... Is it it's... badass? It's like the, <laughs> the, the Disney, the, the fun money, and then they make fun of it on The Simpsons with like the, the itchy and scratchy money where it's like, oh, it's great. You can only use it here. Not, not valid at this store. 
but Veronica, make sure to tell the class you can use it at Pops or at the uh, at the white. Theater. Well, the kids can't go to the White Worm, but um, <laughs> sorry, where else did at can the, they send the it? Bijou Theater? So they can go oh, to, like, the see the movies or they can go to Pops any right. dinner. So those yes. are the two places that the youth can go when they're not fighting fires in Riverdale. Yeah. You to can... spend their made-up red money with <laughs> Veronica's uh, face on it. Fucking this... river dollars. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is treason, isn't it? Like, you can't just start your own currency. Like, the U.S. government's going to roll in and start fucking, you know, with tax. I mean, we are going to allude to that later on. Oh, oh okay. But. Okay. Yeah, like the wouldn't the SEC or the the, sec- the secret service? Yeah, the secret service in the states they actually handle like forgery, right? Like that's one of the weird things that gets rolled into secret service. I mean, technically, uh, it's not forgery though, since she's not like making them appear to be American dollars. That's true. I mean, yeah, they're basically just coupons that are redeemable for cash value. It's yeah. still ridiculous, though. Can we all agree on that? Oh no, 100%. I love it. i love it too but it's ridiculous it it reminds me of like when i was in school there was a teacher at school who had like his own classroom money where if you you know like got 100 on your report card you'd get some he was mr ryan so it was like ryan dollars or ryan bucks or whatever and if you did your homework or if you got 100 percent or whatever you'd get it and then you could spend it at the at like the mini store he had in the classroom and buy books or buy school supplies. Ooh. Like it was this, it was this weird thing. Now granted, yeah, you couldn't use it at the the tuck shop in school to buy chips or anything. It, it didn't get that far out of hand, but this does seem like an experiment for school children, but not high school children at an unincorporated free <laughs> tuition private school with non-professional teachers. It's 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 insane, but it is I'm- Fitting and for back the show. With Fifty thousand dollars of her own money. That's true. Like it it's is, true. it is, it is a currency that does have a, I guess technically a gold standard. Like those are, the Glamberger egg is made of gold, and that, the fifty thousand dollars represents the fifty thousand river dollars. But also, I don't know, Jason, if you ever watched, um, Corner Gas, the uh, Canadian comedy show, but that show was set in Dog River. And I don't know if they ever had river dollars on that, but it, it's all I could think of when they kept saying river dollars was was just fucking corner gas, the Canadian sitcom. Mm. You know what it also reminds me of? Our new mm. merch store where you can use milkshake bucks. Where <laughs> $500 equals one milkshake buck. Send it wow. to my PayPal. Thank you. Thank okay. you for that, Jason. No problem. Will do. Alex, do you want to tell us about what happens at Betty's house? Um, she comes home and finds muddy footprints in the hall. Oh, so she follows them, like, very concerned. Like, what is going on? I, like, that maybe the, the TBK has broken into the house with his filthy feet. Uh, she gets into the kitchen, and Alice is standing there, like, covered head to toe in mud, holding uh, Polly's phone, being like, look what I... I found in the swamp, it's Polly's phone. I have it like, so, you know, like here it is. And, and it's, uh, it's insane. Um, also the fact that the phone, I mean, you know, Apple makes a quality phone, I guess, but like the, that is clearly a giant iPhone that seemingly still works after having been in the depths of the swamp. Like Alice had to dive in there clearly. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Like in this filthy swamp. 
Corpse-ridden swamp. Cleaner than Corpse Riverdale. Corpse-ridden swamp. Cleaner than Riverdale. <laughs> All the garbage piled up. Riverdale actually smells more like corpses than the swamp does. <laughs> Where they found a corpse. Yeah. So Betty goes well, to the White Worm corpse, to talk so. to Tony about it. And uh, Tony offers up the serpents to search the area. So that's going to be very helpful. So we I like that. Say, I was like a little surprised at how quickly Tony picked up on what Betty needed, though. Like, didn't that scene feel a little rushed and sort of, like, shoved in there at the end when they were like, oh, we forgot to explain that Tony's going to be helping? I mean, a few of the scenes in this episode have felt really rushed and very short, but... Just, like, like just exposition. Oh, um, Tony, um, I need your help. You're, the serpents are at your disposal to help you search everything. No other explanation. Unless it's... I fell asleep a little bit. No, it's a possibility. It, it's like an NPC in a really lazy game. Where you're just like, hey, I need your help. Of course, I can help you search the swamp immediately. Like, yeah. that's awesome. You could tell the writer was like, fuck, do I need to write a dialogue tree when like every way the tree can go is going to end with me helping them search the swamp? Like, cut out the middle. <laughs> was, this, was this episode shot pre-pandemic? And they're like just trying to rush through to get what they can for this season. Is that possible? I have no idea. I think it's all been oh. shot during the pandemic. This entire yeah. Season. Oh okay. yeah. Oh great. Yeah, because the the cast have been stuck in Canada. Much to, uh, I mean, the rest of them aren't as publicly upset about it. But KJ makes uh, no qualms about not enjoying being in Canada, not loving being in Vancouver, not loving the fact that people treat him as if he is actually Archie the fact that it's hard for him to do other to do other projects when you're doing this show and I mean it is kind of funny when you look at it like not to get outside of the show but it is funny to look at like any of the projects the rest of the cast have worked on have all been like really horrible movies that they can shoot in Canada during their downtime mm. uh or you know in in uh Betty's case she was in that uh the 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 uh, strippers, hustlers. That's it. yeah, hustlers. How how but... many times do you think he's gone outside and just punched the ground in Canada in general? <laughs> Every, morning. <laughs> Every morning. Yeah. Just... He looks at a picture of a ground puncher and then he goes out and punches <laughs> the ground. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he's he's from what Australia or New Zealand? I think New he. Zealand. Yeah, he watches the water drain the opposite way than he's used to in the toilet, and he just gets furious <laughs> every day. He the water should be going the other he way. the sewage. Oh my god. <laughs> He's the the bucket man. What was his name that we came up with? It's the gone sewage now. bucket man. Sewage, sewage, sewage bucket killer. That's sewage okay. bucket killer. Okay. Yes. That's Archie. That's, That's KJ. Archie. We solved it. We should yeah. all be in the junior FBI academy. We should. We should be in the senior FBI killers club. I'm I'm <laughs> practicing my tight ponytail right now. Nice. <laughs> Awesome. Pull it back. Pull it real tight. <laughs> Get a ratchet strap, you know? Get it real tight. Get a bobby pin. Stick it in there. <laughs> right in your scalp. <laughs> Wonderful. So then we go upstairs to Pops, where Pops and Jughead and Tabitha are talking about the UFO article. And we get some flashbacks of young Pops serving customers when the place is all of a sudden flooded with light and the jukebox and the gumball machine start acting up. And that brings us yeah. to our Riverdale Masterpiece Theater. It was uh, one night about 50 years ago. It was uh, late. There were probably five or six people in the diner when uh, all of a sudden you could feel this, I don't know, electricity in the air. We all walked out to the parking lot to take a look. And a few minutes later, 
The lights were gone. And it was just a beautiful autumn night. So that was Adam Norton stepping in and doing the pops part. Thank you for that. Uh, so what do we think? What do we think um, about pops being so uh, close uh, to such a... Well, what I think is they could use some electricity in the air when the power goes out in this town because they can't keep it running. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, you know, this show is is heavy with homages, and it was a, a very beautifully done homage to Close Encounters of the Third Kind when Pop is walking towards the door, and the door is just engulfed in, like, this orangey warm light that shines right through, uh, like, the, like the scene in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So... It was a really well-filmed little scene they did there. Um, although, like, the jukebox, I understand where it's like, okay, cool. Like, it's causing electrical interference, whatever this happens to be. But, like, the, the crank, the crank no gumball machine, it makes no fucking <laughs> sense. I was like, okay, like, this isn't this isn't uh, that, that Scott Bayo movie from the 80s where he can shoot electricity and make girls' skirts fall off. Like, this isn't, this isn't that. What? Yeah, that, <laughs> you know the movie I'm talking about. Oh, no, I do uh, not. I think that was the, the one oh. you dreamed. Yes. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's, no, it's got Bayo and he's got electrical powers and he can point at girls and their skirts fly up and everything. It's, it's a thing. <laughs> but, uh, wow. no, it's, it, it was, it was bonkers where, like, I, 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 I couldn't believe that was what they were going with because it's like, okay. There's no electronics. It's just cogs and gears in this gumball machine. Like, it was stupid to show that it would be effective. But whatever. Maybe it'll get explained when we find out the Mothmen are whatever they are. They love gum. They love to chew. Oh. They told me, they actually, on the ship, we just chew gum all day. That's how I get my nutrients. Oh, Ooh, that's why their oh. jaws are so overdeveloped. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. what do we know the most about aliens? If they're in the bank, they're there to chew gum or kick ass. And Roddy Piper was out of gum, so he had to kick their ass. So they're trying to make sure that all of us have gum so that we don't kick their ass. Oh, my God. We, we officially put Are you a in, genius? We've officially so. put more thought in this than the writers of Riverdale have. This is amazing. So it was just like, oh, I want the gumball machine to just spin. Like some random producer came on and was like, that's going to be a cool effect. And then we figured out what it actually was all about. And now the producer's like, fuck. <laughs> they're listening to this right now, and they're right so now. mad. So oh, they mad. always How listen. dare they? How dare they figure this out? So Pop thinks it was military testing from an army base outside of Riverdale rather than Mothman. But we shall see because we also learn that Nana Rose was there. She's another witness. Yes, with her, you know, flowing red hair. In yeah. the... Probably before the eye patch. Yes. She probably saw it with both eyes. Yeah. Mm. And uh, yeah, and it was, what, 50 years in the past, which even though this show takes place seven years there's a time jump of seven years. Only one year has passed because it's in 2021. When yeah. 2020, <laughs> which makes no sense. I've read multiple articles online. <laughs> being like, am I like some the writer was like, am I being gaslit? Like, am I imagining the last yeah. 2020? It's like a Riverdale black hole time dilation anomaly. Yeah. That's what I it mean, is. If we had established the memory lane in Riverdale, which, as we all know in the comic books, is how Riverdale characters travel forward and backward in time by walking up or down Memory Lane, which is a street in Riverdale, which allows you to travel through time. 
At no <laughs> point, though, has anybody mentioned traveling memory lane. So, oh my god, wait. Know. Is memory lane Sketch Alley? <gasps> Maybe it is. Damn. We're going to have to pay attention be. going forward. Yes, I um, think so. Um, breaking news that mm-hmm. film, <laughs> that film that Alex was Oh my god, about, you looked it up. <laughs> is the 1982 masterpiece Zapped. Also that's, starring, oh also starring Scatman wow. Crothers, by the way. Yep. Jeez, that's a hell of a title. Write it down. So creative. I'm not gonna write it down. It is, but you <laughs> can know immediately is, forget this. <laughs> it is the kind of movie that the, the writer. writers of this show would reference. They referenced Grease two a few episodes ago. They've referenced the, you know, the the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Like the fact that this weird '80s teen comedy movie with bizarre sexual undertones is the exact kind of thing that they would be referencing. You're not wrong, and I hate it. <laughs> I hate every moment of this. Thank you. Uh, so we cut to the gym. It's the first day of training at the Riverda- Riverdale Volunteer Fire Academy. Bernardo Bixby from Katie Keene is going to train the children how to put out fires. Bixby asks the children how many of them have prior firefighting experience. Can you guess how many, Jason? One. Zero. <laughs> Their first lesson, work as a team, which, sure, whatever. I'm really They're going to not... be fighting fires. They're all 12 years old. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm really not comfortable with these characters or these actors, quite honestly, being around children. I'm just being honest. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like I it. I like your honesty. I, I really appreciate that. Hey, no problem. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> so we're going to cut to Veronica in an office, printing her Riverdales and smiling with joy. She's very happy with this plot line. And we're going to cut back and forth between firefighter training the children and the ridiculous Veronica currency plot line. She walks yeah. into Blue Velvet Video and literally throws small stacks of like her own money at her team of children who are <laughs> renovating. The children I love it. I love lunch. it. Like literal uh, stacks, right? It's so good, though. It's they so funny. To pay for lunch at Pops, and I guess no one bothered to tell the staff there because Jughead is very confused by the enormous stacks of River Dollars with Veronica's face on it. But Tabitha <laughs> explains it to him, so it's all good now. He decides sh- to spend his River Dollars at the White Worm, getting a double whiskey. It's a very yep. short scene. We're maybe setting him up for an intervention later, I'm assuming. Probably. Yeah. I mean, all writers are cursed, are they not, Valeska? I mean, I definitely am. I know you are. I work with you, like, every day. And you're like, hey, guess what? I'm cursed again. And I'm like, how do you keep walking into these curses? you got to watch where you're walking. And I never listen to you. You don't. (laughs) That's why we work so well together, I guess. I guess so. We're back in the Riverdale gym, and Cheryl is supervising a practice. And she says one line that I really, really love. She's like, I've seen a porcelain doll possessed by my deceased brother move faster than you lot. (laughs) I love it. And the best part is that it's true because that was a plot line in season four. I miss that doll so much. Wonderful. Having not watched season four, uh, I thought that was just a weird reference to that movie, The The Boy or whatever. No, they had a The Boy plot line. Right. Maybe I have to go back and watch season four because uh... season four is insane. (laughs) That's funny that you can say that about this show because I think every season I've watched and I've tried to describe to my wife and she's like, you made, th- did you dream this? This is made up, right? <laughs> and she's like, this is insane. And I'm like, no, but then Archie got mauled by a bear and and like, and there's a gargoyle king. And I, 
I think yeah. that Jason and I can both agree that season four was like the height of ridiculousness. Uh, yes, yes. You have, um, you know, fetuses eating each other, right? That was season four, right? You have a homemade rocket. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a favorite Wait. dream. I watched it all so fast because I was going to be on the uh, the other episode of this podcast. So then it was like all of, I don't know, it right up until it's all like a blur in my head. And when I think about it and as you're describing it, I'm like, when was I alive <laughs> through that whole time of binging it? I don't know. Time means nothing. And I've lived with the Mothman. We just have to walk down memory lane and experience it all again. I guess yes. so. Uh, so Tony walks in and she's mad at Cheryl for scheduling another vixen practice behind her back. And uh, basically we get into a little bit of a tiff between them because a girl gets injured and Tony tells Cheryl to knock it off. And Cheryl says, vixens like blossoms are forged in fire. And Tony says, that sounds like something your mother would say. So Cheryl Ooh. says that Tony's on thin ice. So better watch yeah. out for that. The girl like who gets hurt. She, they're just running laps around the gym. Like it wasn't like she had them running like a tough mutter or some insane obstacle course. They were running like laps. Yeah, and the girl seemingly misstepped and like destroyed herself. Like it looked like she may have like sprained or broken her ankle just from like misstepping. So that girl, she has no business cheering if she can't jog in a circle without <laughs> breaking her ankle. So. No, you're right. Cheryl's just beating out the, the weak. Team Cheryl. I mean, basically, she's, yeah. We should be cheering her on. We should always be cheering on Cheryl. Always. She is like the patron saint of this podcast. So. I love her. Uh, Alex, would you like to tell us what happened in Swedlow Swamp? So they go to the swamp to search around to see if they can find... I don't know if they're specifically looking for another body at this time. They're looking for any clues they can find. And while they're out there, um, uh, Hiram and Reggie and a couple other guys pull up in like a dune buggy or like fancy ATV, like a really, I think it was a dune buggy. Like It was like a, a Jeep yeah. or like a, a, a Range Rover, like one of those, um, a Hummer like or something. Like a rugged vehicle. We yeah. have named 17 different types of vehicles. <laughs> so it's all of if, them? If you look it up, Jason, you'll understand why we're so confused because it, 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 was, it was an automobile with four wheels that's made for going through uh, dangerous terrain, but they all get out with like loaded shotguns and they all like... Like, they all cock their shotguns and say that uh, they are trespassing on Hiram's land. And uh, Betty says that, you know, the she's going to turn this into an FBI investigation. And he says, uh, Betty, it looks like you got that badge out of a Jacker Crack box. <laughs> yes, oh my Jacker God. Crack. Yes, they don't say Cracker Jack. She says, he says Jacker Crack. Uh. Um Oh, Riverdale. And, Never and change. And says that, you know, even if she is FBI, like, she she doesn't have jurisdiction over, over his swamp. So uh, he tells them that they all need to leave. Uh, so they they all they all well, have to, wait a minute. sadly, the FBI go. doesn't have jurisdiction over the swamp? She's not that... even really an agent yet. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. She's, the junior uh, she's FBI doesn't have jurisdiction. trainee. Yeah. So she did actually get the badge out of a Jacker crack box. <laughs> she might have. It is very she's, possible. She's a wild woman, so yeah. 
Then we cut to Thornhill, and Jughead and Tabitha are interviewing Nana Rose about the UFO. And that brings us to our next Riverdale Masterpiece Theater. Nana Rose, my grandfather claimed that you were at the chocolate shop 50 years ago when a bright light appeared in the sky. Oh, yes, I remember it well. My suspicion is that the light came from the Mothman ship. The Mothman, again. A few weeks after the incident, I found a hideously misshapen body in the maple forest. A Mothman corpse? An autopsy was performed. An autopsy? Like, an alien autopsy? Nana Rose, why has no one heard of this before? Oh, the, the Mothman didn't want us talking about it. You spoke to them? Well, they came to Thornhill looking for their missing friends. They don't like to be known. And they didn't like me keeping their deceased either. I told them it had been cremated. Had it been cremated? No, I kept it perfectly preserved in a barrel of maple syrup. I could try to find it for you if you like. Obviously, that was Emily stepping in and playing Nana Rose. Was it that obvious? (laughs) Wonderful job. It was very difficult to record that without me bursting out laughing at the line about um, perfectly preserving the corpse in maple syrup. Perfectly preserved in a barrel of maple syrup. Mm. Such a blossom move. (laughs) It is one of those weird things, like, scientifically, doesn't that actually work? Like, you can preserve stuff in honey, because honey technically never goes bad. Like, I think... Oh, no, I'm not saying it's scientifically wrong. Oh, no, I just... It's it's one of those things, like, you'd shrug off as being like, oh, yeah, the maple syrup, because it's the blossoms. But, like, oh, yeah, no, I guess technically, like... As much of the stuff comes out of, like, the writer's ass in this show, like, <laughs> this is something that, like, is somewhat plausible. I mean, oh. her, oh. the fact that she actually keeps it, though, for 50 years and doesn't actively know exactly where it is. Like, she's like, oh, I'll see if I can find it for you. Like, <laughs> you don't know which barrel has a alien corpse in it. I mean, <laughs> like, to you're... be fair, that's exactly the kind of thing I would do. I'm not going to falter for like, that. Put it away somewhere. Like, oh, let me draw... find it. Mm. You'd think she, it would be the one with like a moth that she drew on it. Like, <laughs> you, you'd think there'd be a mark on it somehow because you don't want to accidentally sell that to the people. <laughs> oh, true. Or does she? Okay, theory. Theory. Mm-hmm. Remember the gumballs? Remember the yeah. super sweet gumballs? Maybe there's a connection with the, the sweetness of the syrup and the gumballs. I'm just putting that out there. You could take it or leave it. It sounds like you're leaving it, but I'm okay with that. Interesting. (laughs) I mean, in Men in Black. Yes. Yeah, uh, the sugar water. I just thought of the same thing. I'm so sorry. And then I cut you off. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the cockroaches, uh, they're obsessed with sugar. Yeah. Sugar water. So we cut to Veronica's classroom and we learned that there are now 50,000 river dollars floating around the town. So how much was she paying those children to renovate that there are now 50,000 out there? Yeah, that's 10,000 each. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. Like what is the currency exchange? Because the way she makes it sound, she makes it sounds like one to one. Yeah. Cause she makes 50,000 river dollars because she sold the Glamberger egg for 50,000. But yeah, how did she pass out that money so quickly when the only people we see her give it to are the students? We don't see her 
we don't see a montage of Veronica like paying for supplies for renovating the store. We don't see her like paying at the the Rona or or home <laughs> home Home Depot or whatever. We don't see her paying with uh, River Dollars. Like, how did that much money get out there that fast? I so, mean, she is throwing stacks of bills at them. So maybe could, it is like a ten thousand each. It could. I, I could also see it being like she needs to give these establishments some bills as well, so that they can oh, make change. Well, so, True, yeah. but not fifty thousand dollars worth, certainly. Especially no. since there's only like two establishments that are yeah, taking yeah. it officially. They're, they're low stakes. Like they're they're not anywhere that sells anything that costs more than twenty dollars. Yeah. Like, even if maybe the white worm like maybe if you order like you know a bottle of cavassier or something like for bottle <laughs> service maybe you're paying a, a lot of river dollars but beyond that like it's all very low uh low cost uh goods i mean the only person who's spending at the white worm is jughead though fifty thousand dollars worth of whiskey from jughead. <laughs> well are, we definitely are, they, an intervention then yeah real uh hemingway style uh, <laughs> author hmm. oh. The class wants to print another $10,000 in bills, but Veronica explains that if they flood the market too heavily, they risk inflation or triggering a run on the bank, which is her. So is she's not into that. Just a backdoor fucking ep- economics lesson for children? Is that what the yes. show is? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what she, she wants to take. That's her class. She wants to take a slow and steady route, and um, Hiram congratulates her from the doorway. He's, uh, he's very unhappy with the fire department and the money printing, but he's fine with the child labor, I guess. So I just really yeah. like how you phrase that. He congratulates her from the doorway. Very creepily. He's like, oh, hey, Miha. And she's like, and she sitting on her desk, the teacher in front of her class goes, daddy, what are you doing here? She still calls when him she, daddy. In front of the students. So weird. Ugh. I mean, I'm not going to get into the whole daddy thing. No, that's but, fucking like, disgusting. Okay. You don't say it. You don't say it in front of your students. That's just you that's don't say weird. it in front of anybody. That's disgusting. I had to say it twice in a line reading later on, so let's nice. not be too judgy. You're a professional. <laughs> um, Alex, would you like to talk about what happens at the gym? Um, this is where Jackson the... is telling stories. About oh, right, right, right. Jackson is telling stories all about Archie. Um, is this when the uh, the the vagrant comes in? Yes. Yes. Earl. So Earl, a vagrant named Earl, wanders in and uh, talks to them about. Oh, I heard you guys are starting up a, uh, a fire brigade, and Archie's like, "Yeah, you know, we're we're really working on it." And he's like, "Well, you know, like we we really could use something like that. Like, there's really not a lot of hope in Riverdale right now, and just this." <laughs> Bizarre speech where this character that we will never hear from again, sadly, uh, he uh, he comes in to try and bolster them and 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 sort of egg them on, being like, "Yeah, you know, like you guys are just what we need, and I'll I'll believe it's gonna work when I see it." And uh, he sort of yeah he he tries to get them motivated, but also has nothing but doubt because he should. That's yeah, a really weird it, tone. Yeah, it's two uh, veterans. And a bunch of teenagers. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I could understand his skepticism. But, yeah, he wanders in with his shopping cart, says his lines, and then wanders out with his shopping cart. That's pretty much it, yep. <laughs> then we cut to the FBI office. Betty calls her boyfriend, Glenn? 
and begs for a team. And he tells her that, guess who's back? Jason? Guess who's back? The trash bag killer? Yep, he's back. Oh he's in Tulsa. There are two victims. So she says she'll handle everything in Riverdale herself. And then she has a TBK flashback, which is very sad and unsettling. And I wish she'd go back to therapy because I feel like she needs it. But yep. instead of therapy, she goes to Swedlow Swamp, where she runs into Reggie, who <laughs> isn't very happy with her presence. He reminds her that her, or she reminds him, rather, that her sister is missing and he seems sympathetic. So he tells her a deep, dark secret. He found something else while he was in the swamp and he promises or makes her promise not to tell Hiram. What he asked for actually is a cone of silence. Okay, I, that was one of the few notes I wrote for this episode because that is such a... The writers on this show sometimes show their age a little too much because Cone of Silence is a Get Smart reference. The, the... Really? I thought he was just, like, very dumb. Oh, no, no. So the show Get Smart from the 60s, which they made into that movie with Steve Carell and, and uh, Anne Hathaway and The Rock, um, Get Smart, one of the things is anytime they have one of their top secret meetings, because they're worried about the room being bugged or people listening in, they call for the cone of silence, which is supposed to be this cone that comes down over top of the table so that they can speak in private. But the joke of the show is that they're all sort of inept spies and everything. And it just creates this insane echo effect where you aren't actually able to hear anything because everything's echoing off the walls of this tiny cone. Anyways, oh <laughs> for somebody to say cone of silence is like, like it's something my parents used to say to each other, like real boomer shit. So <laughs> to hear it and to hear Reggie say it in this show, it's like, man, Reggie's either been hanging out with. Like, not even Hiram. It would have to be, like, Hiram Hiram's dad. Hiram had never dad. said that. No, it would be, like, Hiram's dad would have said it. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, the nerdiest reference. I couldn't believe it. It was one of the few notes I actually took for the show, being, like, I have to mention Cone of Silence <laughs> as a Get Smart reference. Oh, my God. That's so much worse than when I thought it was just a because he was dumb. But <laughs> anyway, he found another body is what he's going to say. That's what he needed the cone of silence for. He found another body. So there are now two bodies in that swamp. Mm. Um, that we, we go back of. to the That we know of, because we still haven't really thoroughly searched it yet, but we'll see. Uh, we go back to the gym where Bixby is literally yelling about backdrafts and quizzing the children. And the reward for like the right answer to the quiz is to do 30 more push-ups. So this is going very well for everyone. Um, this is interrupted by someone running in to tell the group that the pool hall on Sketch Alley is burning down. And uh, Archie has to run in and save Earl, who was in the pool hall. Yeah, even though the uh, yeah the fireman guy says, don't run in there, Archie, don't be a fool. Like, nobody runs into a burning building alone. And Archie's like, fuck you guys. And Archie <laughs> runs in. Archie's and... like, have you met me? <laughs> yeah. I'm invincible. Yeah. I fought a giant bear. It's invisible. Yeah. Invisible. <laughs> so we've saved Earl, so that's great. Uh, great. So Monica's office. She's counting her river dollars beneath a giant picture of herself, as one does, <laughs> living her best life. It's very um, Trumpy. <laughs> it's very Trumpy, but she becomes very unsettled by something and has to call Hiram, and that leads us to her next Riverdale Masterpiece Theater. Miha. Has the Treasury Department shown up to arrest you yet? Daddy, that river dollar bill you had in your fist, 
Where did you get that? You know, it's amazing what you find in the trash when there's no one around to collect it. I knew it. So now you're printing fake river dollars to sabotage me? Are you accusing me of counterfeiting your counterfeit money? My numbers aren't adding up. And my numbers always add up. Someone is flooding the economy with money I didn't print. Which, of course, devalues the money that you did print. It's funny how economics works, isn't it? As Archie would say, Daddy, you suck. So now we get into, like, the possible consequences. Maybe the Treasury Department will show up to arrest her. We don't know. There but either way, S- something's the not SEC. adding up. Yeah. Um, also, I love the fact that rather than tell Hiram to fuck off, Veronica specifically says, like, I'm going to say what Archie would say because Archie's a fucking square. You suck. (laughs) (laughs) She's just not ready to tell him that in her own words, I guess. She needs, like, that little bit of distance, maybe? No, because she still calls him daddy. She's not even like, as Archie would say, Hiram. She's like, oh, daddy. Yeah, I mean, you can't say, like, you can't say, go fuck yourself, daddy. That just... Leads you can, to but not in this kind of show. Yeah. <laughs> that, that leads to more slash fiction on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. If we can get through one episode without you talking about slash fiction, it would make my day. <laughs> we cannot. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so we go back to the morgue. Bretty has, like, brought in a new body. We don't know if she, like, carried it, it there on her back. We have no context for that. But <laughs> she, she did with her ponytail. It's like a steel ponytail. So she can just, like, latch it to things like people's body bags. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Dr. Curdle Jr. asked where she found it, but she didn't rat out Reggie because she's not a snitch. The body is Margaret Harper, so I guess it has braces. Yeah. Well. Um, just so you know, the left side of her body was pulverized as if with a wrecking ball, so I blame Miley Cyrus personally, but we'll see. <laughs> yep. Jeez Louise. That's right. <laughs> well, technically, wasn't it uh, her breakup with uh, Liam Hemsworth that hit her like a wrecking ball? So it also could have been Liam Hemsworth. It is indirectly Liam Hemsworth's fault wow. that she swung the wrecking ball. So. Fucking Hemsworths. So many layers. So many layers. Uh, We cut back to the Riverdale High School gym. Cheryl walks in for a practice, only to find that Tony is the only one there. And that leads us to our next Riverdale Masterpiece Theater. Wherefore are my precious vixens? I canceled practice. We need to talk. For starters, they're our vixens, as we agreed. Fine, fine, fine. They're our vixens. Happy now? No. I wasn't going to do this, Cheryl, but I'm officially calling you out. You've gotten away with murder in this town because of your money and your privilege. And I know you've been through hell and back time and again, but that doesn't give you the right to be a holy terror in this town for no reason. As if you have any idea what it's been like for me, holed up in Thornhill for the last seven years... Ugh, spare me. This isn't drag me to hell. You cursed yourself. And what you're doing isn't some grand sacrifice. It's selfish. So I think we're really leading up to them getting back together, which I am so looking forward to. Yes, agreed. Yeah, just fuck already, right? <laughs> Jason. Did you, yeah, did you say, yeah, just fuck? Already. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
you know what I mean? Like, just get back together is what I really. Yeah. Mean. I wasn't. I, I said that very crudely. You didn't so phrase that very delicately, but no, we no. all. Yeah, just them. fuck. <laughs> Already. <laughs> no, we ship them. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. They should be together. They're very they're, cute. They're the best couple on the show. Although now that Barchi is a thing, like, uh, we'll have they're to see how that's a casual thing. That's so true. We'll see. We'll see. That's true. Uh, I do love that Tony specifically referenced "Drag Me to Hell." Mm-hmm. Um. I think I like spit my water out at that line. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's other movies she could have referenced that might have fit a little better, but I, I get it in the the term of actually saying that she's cursed. I I was shocked to hear Tony say that, but it was a, it was it was a fun line. That was uh that was fun. I, I felt really seen by that line. Yeah, I, lo- I if, love if, that if, film. If you're so. listening to this and you haven't seen Drag Me to Hell, please watch Drag Me to Hell. Yeah, it's great. So that's me, I guess. Emily, go watch it. <laughs> Then come back away from you. BRB. I will warn you there is there is off screen uh, violence towards a kitten. Um, But I forgot about that. Yeah, that's I tried to watch it with my wife and we got to that scene and she's like, I don't want to watch this anymore. You know what? And I'm like, that's that's the only scene where it happens. And she's like, yeah, it's already it's ruined for me. And I'm like, I'm going to step in. I'm going to step in here. Emily, do whatever the fuck you want. Okay. (laughs) I'm not I'm going to just totally avoid it. I just can't handle that. No, done. Let's have a moment just to like pray for the kittens. Yep. That's what Andrew would want. <laughs> for the yeah. off screen kittens. So Cheryl is very upset by this. Um, really nice moment. She... <laughs> <laughs> she gets back to Thornhill to find Minerva Marble is chatting with Nana Rose. That is the appraiser who bought her picture of um, JJ last episode. But guess what? The jig is up. Minerva knows that the picture of JJ is a forgery. And now she wants to have a chat with Cheryl before taking the next steps. So we could have an accomplice here. Who knows? Uh, Alex, do you want to tell us what happened at the hospital? So we see Archie in his hospital bed and he looks, you know, not too, not too bad. He's obviously had some sort of injuries where they're, they're monitoring his situation, but, uh, He's talking to um, Eric and Eric is just sort of is sort. I think this is where Eric is really discovering just how bad Hiram is. Um, and is sort of shocked that Archie and, and the whole town puts up with Hiram being shitty to all of them when, uh, you know, there's other things they could do, maybe. And then like start a I, class war. Yes. <laughs> and that, well, there's, on, there's, you know, there's a whole town of them and there's only one of him. Um, and then we get word that uh, Earl passed away. He uh, succumbed to his fire injuries and uh, has, has died. And oh, this, Earl, we hardly knew you. Yes. This greatly upsets uh, Archie, but Eric even more so. Yeah, Eric is very upset by this whole situation. And remember, he does have a rifle, so just keep that in mind. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of Hiram, we go to his office now. He is yelling at Reggie about the fact that another body was found. Reggie tells Hiram that he should be a hero and just let them search the swamp properly because he'll be a villain if he just, like, pours concrete over a crime scene. So Hiram agrees, but he has, like, this suspicious little, like, smile. So I'm not really sure if he completely buys that Reggie didn't snitch about the body. Right. But Reggie also, you know, uh, sets up something saying that 
hey, you know that even building this uh, this bypass or highway, whatever we're going to build, the expressway, that's not even the end game. So Reggie has revealed to us, the audience, that uh, Hiram's plan isn't just to have this uh, this expressway, freeway, go to Sodale, that there's something even more beyond that, that there's we're waiting for, there's something even more nefarious, seemingly. So he oh. says, hey, why not just let them do this swamp, even if we put the freeway over it later? That's not even your end game. So I am curious, like, what what could be past that? It's a like, highway to hell for sure. <gasps> it's just like a portal to hell, and they found it, and they made a deal with the devil. They're like, we're just going to funnel people in. They think they're going on vacation. Nope, going straight to hell. Fuck Are they going to get there via the Mothman ship? Ooh. I was thinking like a minivan, but that also works. <laughs> I mean, I love both options, really. <laughs> uh, Betty, Tony, and Alice break the news of Margaret's um, corpse retrieval to Ms. Harper. I don't know why Alice is there, but Betty promises to find the killer. Uh, then we go to Pops, and Jughead walks in for his shift and finds that Nana Rose has delivered the maple syrup cake that presumably contains... The Mothman corpse. Are we excited? Get the fuck yes. out of here. Yeah. I was I was shocked it happened this fast. I <laughs> was uh, shocked that she found the right one. Maybe um, she did draw a little moth on it. I was maybe. shocked that she carried the whole thing like on her back, like all the way there. She yeah. borrowed Betty's ponytail. Sher- uh, Sherpa style. <laughs> maybe she took a little sip of each uh, container. Was like, that's definitely the Mothman one. And then, <laughs> oh, gross. Well, when maybe. they. When they take it out, they do say that it has a very distinct and bizarre smell that I yeah. can, I don't even want to imagine. Ugh, yeah. So Probably they have the preserved corpse just, like, hanging over the um, table and just, like, dripping maple syrup, which is super gross. In the kitchen at Pops. <laughs> yeah, where they presumably, like, yeah. prepare the food for the teenagers. That's a health yeah. violation, for sure. Yeah, but on, like, oh, a metal, 100%. like, almost like on a metal morgue table. Like, it's not... It doesn't even look like it should be that kind of table in a kitchen. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, yeah. Yeah, you would have that in a kitchen. Okay. Maybe they. Maybe it's like double duty. Maybe they just wanted to have the the option. The option. The option to do an alien autopsy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and they. We don't ever get to see it head on. Uh, We do see it only from behind, and Jughead. Uh, and uh, Tabitha both mentioned that it uh, it definitely does not look fully regularly human. They aren't ready to say that it's it's alien or or whatever, but it's uh, you know it doesn't look right. They are going to call in someone who may be able to shed some light on this. They're going to call an anthropology professor who specializes in ancient cultures, urban legends, and extraterrestrial phenomena, named Dr. Diane Whitley. So we might meet her next episode. So glad they found her so fast. Yeah, like yep. she is she is legit an in-universe Indiana Jones. <laughs> like that, th- what do we know of Indiana Jones? He knows all about ancient stuff, and in the last movie he met aliens. So like, <laughs> this lady is oh, in-universe Indiana Jones. I'm, hmm. getting, I'm getting the feeling though that these uh, Mothmen maybe are like, mutants maybe Hiram's like dumping shit out there in these caves <gasps> oh may and maybe that's part of his end game right is to clear up these mothmen that he's wait created. 
Is the Riverdale universe going to join the MCU? <laughs> I think it's uh, it's almost feeling more X Filesy. Like I know they've been going for that vibe, but this is like that uh, that episode of the X Files where there's that half lady on the little dolly cart that lives under the bed, and oh, she's got home, all her mutant yes. children. Yeah, Ooh, that's like a good one. it's it's feeling is... very similar to Home. Yeah, so is uh, Veronica and uh, Hiram's relationship. It's feeling more like that. <laughs> Jason. Ooh, ooh. Pulling on my <laughs> collar over here. Oh, speaking of Veronica, we're going back to her classroom now with that image in mind. She tells her class that they need to recall all of the river dollars in circulation and do some forensic accounting in grade nine or whatever the fuck she's teaching to figure out where the counterfeit bills are. One of her students seems really nervous, and that's because his hands are literally covered in red ink, the very shade of river dollars. Yeah, honestly, it, it looks out. like he's he's got Cheeto fingers, but they're like <laughs> red hot. ink. It it like it is so obvious where it doesn't look like if you accidentally stained your hand with something like it is way up underneath like his fingernails and stuff. Like it it looks like he's got Cheeto hands. It is Ketchup insane. Cheetos. And he's oh. using that hand to, like, drum his fingers on the desk. Yeah. Very, yeah. very, but like, suspiciously. He's not wearing a Michael Jackson glove. He's not sitting on that <laughs> hand. He's, yeah, he's drumming his his illegal, st- like, his red right hand. Uh, he's drumming <laughs> his red right hand on the table. Another screen reference. Awesome. Mm. That's right. Uh, so it turns out that the class printed 10 grand instead of one against her instructions. So the true villain wasn't Hiram after all, but the children, as always. <laughs> the children that she roped into her river dollar scheme. Mm. So she yells at them for triggering economic collapse and says they're all getting F's. And she's going to make them work off the 10 grand. Oh, God. Yep. Child labor. She's turning into a true grown up of Riverdale. <laughs> yes. Yep. I mean, I guess so. Um, I'm going to let Alex uh, explain the next part because it kind of fits in with this whole explaining all the Jackson stuff. So what happens at Archie's house? Oh, so um, is this where Archie comes home from the hospital? Well, Jackson shows up to tell Archie that Earl didn't make it. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Sorry, Jason. Um, I know that he was your favorite character. Uh, yes. <laughs> that's Sorry. This is where we find out that Earl didn't make it. I'll and Eric is uh, Eric is furious and is wondering why nobody's doing anything and that uh, he he's going to go he wants to basically like take care of Hiram so he uh goes like he gets his gun uh and is going to go presumably snipe uh Hiram from a a, a safe distance because we know he can shoot a, a playing card at 500 meters or whatever um and Archie has to stop him and say that that's not that's not what we're gonna do, you know. It's um, not the Riverdale way. Yes, the Riverdale way is to let Hiram basically fuck us in the ass <laughs> over and over until we get one small victory. We don't just go and shoot him. It's it's a very like it's it's very like Scott Evil and Doctor Evil. Like, why don't we just shoot him? Like, I have a gun. Why don't we just shoot him? Like. We'll do Why it together. We, yeah. <laughs> we actually find out that he found out that morning that he no longer has a spot in the VA home he was supposed to go to. So yes. he feels like he lost his leg for nothing and he's angry and he feels hopeless. And he yeah. says he needs a lifeline and it's lost. And Archie says that, hey, me too, man. He says the only reason he's fighting so hard is for, for Riverdale is because it's the only thing keeping him sane. So it's actually kind of a really heavy scene. Kind yeah. of a good scene, I think. Yeah, it was, says it, I was really shocked at how yeah. good it was. 
Archie says that none of his friends would understand because they haven't like been through the same stuff that he's been through. So Earl's like, what are we gonna do, Sarge? And Archie says that he should stay and command the fire station. And they're gonna be each other's therapists, basically. So Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a heavy scene. Mm. Yeah. Uh so then we go back to Pops and it's nighttime and Jughead is alone drinking coffee, and all of a sudden, the jukebox starts acting up. Holy the ground God. starts shaking. The record starts skipping. The lights <laughs> flicker and go off. The gumball machine starts spitting balls. Beep, beep, beep. The coffee machine starts spitting coffee. <laughs> and the cash register opens. Oh, and the shit. deadlights appear outside. <gasps> Jughead runs out to see where they're coming from. And everything goes back to normal. But then all of a sudden... We get the fire in the sky shot of Jughead looking up into the white light above him. The next day, he tells Tabitha he lost six hours and woke up in a booth. She asks if he was drinking, and he says, that's besides the point. <laughs> oh, but guess Jughead. what, Jason? Guess what? The alien corpse is gone. Oh, no. Shit. Yep. They didn't like me keeping their friends. <laughs> now, this would have been a great place to end the episode, and I was hoping that they would, but instead we go to Veronica overseeing the cleaning up of uh, the Blue Velvet video How that shop. Not your last shot. Exactly. <laughs> instead, we learn that uh, Archie learns that the high school principal is disallowing him from recruiting literal children to be volunteer <laughs> firefighters. <laughs> Which is it's like one of the, that long. the first like scenes that I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Like, somebody's reining Archie in. Like, pr Mr. Weatherby's like, Archie, you can't just have these kids who are in RROTC become your new fire crew. They are literal children. Some of them are still having wet dreams. You can't go <laughs> throw them into burning buildings. Where yeah. are these parents, kids? Their parents, like, sign the permission forms, too. Yeah. So their parents were just as stupid. Mr. Weatherby is the only smart adult. I, I, I mean, that tracks. That's yeah, although he wasn't part of a cult, though, so I, I don't true. know if we can really trust his judgment all the time. Mm. But mm. good news. Captain and Fangs want to sign up now after learning that literal children were fighting <laughs> fires in Riverdale. Yeah. And Veronica bought the fire truck. Yeah, this would like also an... be a good time to end the episode, but they don't. An old school, like, 50s fire truck, like a when she comes in she drives it in because she seemingly has a, a class four license or whatever and knows how to operate a, you know a pump truck but uh she uh she drives it in and she's I, like oh hey uh here this is a a gift for you guys i love alex that in riverdale you think that they give a fuck about driver's license classes a place where <laughs> is piling up town anymore right yeah that's true they don't care it's the Wild West. No one gives a shit. Veronica knows how to drive, you know, one of those, the, the a double clutch or whatever it is, like in a big rig. <laughs> Listen, when you're rich, you can do anything, you know? That's true. Mm-hmm. So we have another scene shoehorned in where Tony, Sheriff Color, Alice, and Betty are talking about investigating the missing women, and we find out that there are 21 missing women. Ooh. Damn. Yeah. And Sounds now we finally like end the episode. Something that a federal Canadian government did not follow through on. Yeah. Hmm. Especially hmm. the the fact that they keep basically calling it the Highway of Tears. Uh, what is it in this? The the, the lost or the lonely highway. Sorry. The lonely, the lonely highway. highway. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. 
Yeah. They wanted it to be the Lost Highway, but they already like used up all of their Lynch references for the season. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay, we do have some slam book for Jason. Yes. Best name, Bernardo Bixby. Worst name, Nurse Nightingale. Best Riverdale name, River Dollars. Worst Riverdale name, Jack or Crackbox. Yes. Yep. <laughs> uh, best dressed, I really like Cheryl's red and white striped sweater and skirt outfit with the thigh-high red boots, but Veronica's blue suit also gets an honorable mention. Fair. I guess the worst dress would be one of the corpses. Yep. <laughs> Not Earl? Uh, I feel like Earl, he pulled it off. It was sure. Worth it. We'll be um, holding a memorial for Earl after this podcast is over. If anyone wants to okay. subscribe. In the after show. In the after show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alex, how many river punches would you give this episode? Ooh. Um, you know, I think this did feel a little... It's hard to say this in a lot of ways, this was a bit of a filler episode. It wasn't bad. I, I think it's insane that like the last episode where they set us up with all these crazy cliffhanger things where it's like, oh, immediately they're like, oh, it's not Polly. We know that immediately. And Archie and Jughead put out this seemingly two roaring fires with two handheld fire extinguishers. Um, (laughs) so they really couldn't get through a lot of this stuff fast enough. It felt like they were really trying to blow through it. That said, the, uh, all the stuff with Jughead and Pops and, and all the, the alien whatever stuff was actually pretty cool. The rest of it I thought was pretty dumb. Uh, it all deserved to be thrown into the cone of silence. (laughs) So, um, I will give it, uh, four, uh, punches. Okay. Emily? Well, here's what, here's what I'm thinking. I'm going to look at a picture of KJ Alba punching the ground. And then I'm going to go out and do the same 500 times. Okay. Very good. 500. Uh, Jason. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is an episode um, that could be get better with when we find out what the Mothman are, right? Like, or it could be feel really cheap when we find out it's like a Scooby Doo situation. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and also, you know, you guys, um, I'm gonna take your word for it. The experts who have actually seen the show that a <laughs> lot of these, um, you know, uh, a lot of these scenes felt rushed. But I do like that they, you know, I, I do like the sound of the um, Jughead getting abducted. I like the idea of Jughead being abducted and abused in space. Um, and of course I, you do. And I like child labor. So I'm going to go with 800,000 river punches. Okay. Uh, I was going to give it 60,000 river punches, one for every river dollar in circulation. Wow. Oh, I, I really threw off the curve. I'm sorry, guys. I, I guess I should have done 40,000, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with four. I think, <laughs> no, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, you have to follow your heart, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, Emily, do you have anything you want to plug? Heck, yes, I do. I've got a new podcast coming out with my comedy troupe, Big Chick Energy. <laughs> um, Love that. It is, <laughs> it's called The Hatch, and we chat and then we do some improv based on our silly stories and that's coming out april 2nd we're doing a live show on march 26th awesome awesome (laughs) alex do you have anything you want to plug uh no follow andrew on uh on twitter it's uh he posts some great stuff he's at wine movie nerd uh yeah i'm sure he'll be posting a lot of great stuff when he gets back from storming area 51 which he is doing right now that's right. He's Naruto running right now. 
Area 51. Jason, where can we find you? Yeah, I have, uh, you know, my podcast, Moments of Madness, where I talk about social issues through television with a guest every week. Um, I have um, my podcast, Generations Nation, with my daughter, where I talk about uh, music um, albums that took place during my freshman year of high school and hers, which is currently right now. So um, that's going on. So, um, you know, Fatty 2 Day 6 on Twitter. Uh, yeah, if you want to uh, follow somebody who doesn't post really good things on Twitter, you can do that. So that's all. Okay, and if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, we are at mpodcastm. And you can keep avoiding watching Riverdale, and we will do it for you. <laughs> Not me. As always, blame the CW. Bye. 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 Bye.